welcome back to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. My name is Lauren, I am your host, and in today's episode we are going to be talking all about meditation and why I think it's so important to have meditation as a part of your um, daily, if not daily, weekly, if not weekly, monthly routine (laughs) in order to develop a better relationship with yourself and with your anxiety. Um, And I'm also going to be talking about the three myths that I feel like, you know, are the things people tell themselves about why they can't meditate or, um, you know, why they find it too difficult to meditate or why meditation doesn't work for them. I'm going to be talking about those and hopefully debunking them. So if you are interested in meditation and have wanted to try it but aren't sure how, I'm going to be talking about that in this episode. Please keep listening. Before we jump into today's episode, though, I just wanted to say a very happy New Year's to you all. 2023. Wow. Where did that year come from? (laughs) I still feel like I'm, yeah, in the beginning of 2022. It's bizarre. Um, But yeah, I hope you all had a very restful holiday break and a happy New Year. And I hope that everything that you want for this year comes to fruition. And on that note, uh, if sharing your anxiety story is something that you've wanted to do, an idea maybe that you've been playing with, I would love to have you on the show. I, I love being able to talk to people um, from all around the world about their anxiety stories. I feel very grateful and honored that I get to um, share in those stories and offer a platform with which for you to share those stories. Um, I always get really excited about meeting people and learning more about them and um, just connecting with people that I've, you know, maybe known on Instagram for a while, but never actually spoken to properly it's so amazing to get to know you all so all that is to say is if you've ever wanted to share your anxiety story and come on the podcast I would love to have you please get in touch with me you can do so at hello at iamlaurenrose.com or you can message me on Instagram um, or on YouTube as well Uh, but anyway let's get on to the episode so You guys have probably heard me talk a lot about meditation lately, especially, and that is because I um, recently completed my meditation teaching certificate because I am so into the idea of sharing meditation with people. And the reason why is because meditation has played a significant role in my life in the last, I'm going to say, five years um, prior to those five years, meditation was something that I wanted to be doing. I knew I should be doing, but it was another one of those things that was like, yes, I need to practice mindfulness and I need to practice like more exercise and I need to, you know, eat more greens and those kind of things. It was, yeah, it was like in those list of annoying things that I knew I should be doing, but also couldn't be fucked to doing, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, but the reason that I started doing meditation is because when my relationship with, um, my eldest daughter's father broke up and I really 
didn't have a sense of who I was and what I wanted out of life and especially um, being someone who dealt with anxiety and agoraphobia I'd spent so long focusing on all of that that I sorry that's if you can hear that that's Charlie doing circles again I'd spent so long focusing on um, my anxiety that I just didn't really have a concept of who I was um, separate to anxiety if if that was even a thing um, so meditation was something that I wanted to do for the sake of getting to know myself better and I think this is one of the most important things we can know about meditation because the word meditate means to become familiar with um, and we kind of get sold this idea that meditation is about reading is about reaching this state of enlightenment and, um, you know, becoming like a monk and like just having this sort of higher level of consciousness and it's very like holier than thou type thing. Uh, but for me, meditation was about understanding myself better and really meeting myself for the first time. I didn't have a fucking clue who I was. And meditation was kind of like a doorway into um, figuring out who I am, what I want, and also through that, learning to create a relationship with my anxiety, with my discomfort, with my fears, um, and with my self-judgment as well, which was a whole thing in and of itself. But so when you think about meditating... If you are somebody who thinks about meditating as being something that is, like I said, about reaching that higher state of consciousness, um, pair that back if you can. And instead, think of it as just a really beautiful way of getting to know yourself better. So what I used to do, this is how I started meditating. I'd, I'd done like, you know, meditations here or there. In yoga classes, I'd done them and I'd kind of tried to meditate by like sitting cross-legged and, you know, adopting the pose and like going hum and <laughs> doing all the things that I thought I should be doing. And I just didn't really like know what, what I was supposed to be doing there, I guess. Uh, but how I found my way to my practice of meditation was that I would sit in my bed at the end of the night. This is post breakup so my ex had moved out I was a single mum at home with a you know three four year old shit was hectic I was working a lot it was just like everything was very full on and so when I got her into bed finally I would get into my own bed I would just sit at the top of the bed against the wall and I would just sit and close my eyes and usually I'd put on um there's a meditation app called Oak, which comes with like, you know, lots of pre-recorded sounds like waterfalls and birdsong and that kind of thing. I'd put on one of those sounds and I just let it play for, I think 20 minutes was my goal. I never reached 20 minutes <laughs> back, back then. Uh, but yeah, I would just sit there and I would just sit and just be with my thoughts. And I also at the time was doing a lot of journaling and 
I would journal about, you know, if I had a really bad rough day, I would obviously journal about that and try and get all my spew all my thoughts out but if I was trying to think about where I wanted to go in life what I wanted you know who I was what what things I wanted out of life I would journal what I wanted my life to look like and I was saying um, to someone the other day that this looked like you know I would say like red dress or like lunches with friends or trips away to the beach or walking on the beach barefoot or like things like that just little snippets of like things that I could envision and then when I was meditating I would try and put myself in that place so you know I would feel what it would be like to be walking on the beach and I would try and connect to the emotion of that or what I thought that emotion would be uh, and so in a way, it was a bit of visualization, but it was also some days just being at rest with myself, which being someone who dealt with a lot of anxiety, I wasn't at rest a lot of the time. I was always sort of rushing, trying to get to the next thing, trying to do the next thing, trying to outrun all the anxiety that was like coursing around my body. Um, and I didn't really feel like this practice was doing anything necessarily, but it felt quite nice but it was a few months after I started doing this pretty regularly so not every night but most nights I guess give or take um, I noticed that I I started to have a really good understanding of myself I started to um, it was like I was shedding all this old shit that I didn't need anymore and I was uncovering who I really was underneath. And I also noticed that I started to actively walk in the direction of the things that I wanted. Whereas before it was just like, you know, I want this in life but I don't have it and, you know, I'm really upset about that and things are so hard and when are things going to get better and when is it going to be my turn and all those kind of thoughts. Uh, after I had been meditating for a while, it was very much like, how can I cultivate those emotions in my life? You know, those emotions that I connect to during meditation, how can I create that in my everyday life? How can I find that? And then what I started doing was, um, you know, playing different music to what I'd usually play really loud through the house uh, you know, especially when my daughter was at her dad's, I would create this environment for myself that felt like how I felt during meditation. And without sounding really stupid, I guess, my life started to feel the way that I wanted it to feel. And I also became more comfortable with the idea that um, there were things that I couldn't change. There was timing that I couldn't change. You know, I couldn't go through the breakup any faster. I couldn't move through the emotions any faster. And I was willing to be more open to that. Whereas prior to meditation, I just wanted it all to go quick so that I could get through the breakup and just get back to normal life <laughs> as quickly as possible with minimal interruption. Um, so that was a really beautiful thing. And 
it wasn't until quite a bit later that meditation started to help me learn to open to discomfort and how to, um, you know, like I would be in a situation, for example, where I'd be in an argument (laughs) and whereas before I'd be very reactive, meditation started to help me learn to be more responsive and I would be able to sort of step aside from those emotions and think about what was happening and think about what I needed in that moment and whether or not I actually needed to respond in that moment or whether I could just um, sit there and chill for a little bit and come back when I was ready. Um, so it really gave me a greater sense of agency and a greater sense of spaciousness from uh, being so wrapped up in things that I felt were problematic for me. It's fair to say that meditation did a lot of good for me and that's why I started to become really passionate about it. But in the same uh, instance, I kind of felt like I wasn't doing it right because what I started to do was create a meditation practice that felt more personal to me and felt like it worked for me. And so my meditation still didn't really look like the way I thought it should look. Some days it looked like me getting on a yoga mat and moving, um, you know, just kind of moving my body in a way that felt good. Sometimes it looked like journaling. Sometimes it looked like, yes, just sitting and just being. Um, But it was just you know, I wasn't doing that whole thing of emptying your mind and just, uh, just being with what is, you know, I, that was the impression that I was under that what I was supposed to be achieving from meditation was that I was supposed to be achieving this stillness and connecting to this just expanse of nothingness. Um, and I wasn't getting that. What I was actually getting was more, I was getting more of, Um, myself more of what I wanted more of um, more clarity on how to respond to things and who I was as I already said am I doing this right am I not doing this right I really wanted to be able to share the practice I had with people but I also didn't know if I was qualified enough to share it because obviously I didn't have any kind of certification in meditation teaching or anything like that so The one thing with me is that I always wait for people to tell me that I'm ready before I do something, which is something that I'm trying to change. But I kind of figured that if I'm going to teach meditation to people, I want to at least be um, certified. I want to have an accreditation behind me. Uh, And so I went and undertook my um, certificate of meditation teaching. And that has been a whole journey in and of itself as well. You know, I did that to learn how to teach meditation and I came out from it realizing that the best way to teach meditation was the way that feels true for me, which, you know, I could have probably figured out in the beginning. (laughs) But the best part about getting the certification was that it um, it was a personal journey for me, which was really awesome. But anyway, going off on a tangent there. I feel like for people with anxiety, the idea of meditation can be terrifying. And I recently asked on my Instagram about whether or not uh, people meditate and if they don't, why don't they? What are their thoughts about it? And a lot of the feedback was that people 
don't know how to meditate. When they do meditate, they find it triggering. And the biggest one was I can't shut off my thoughts. I just, you know, when I'm meditating, I'm thinking too much and it's just frustrating. I just don't know how to get to that place of, you know, just being Zen and not being bothered by the thoughts and just letting them pass through like a cloud and all of that stuff. Um, And so it made me really want to approach this episode with that in mind because that was me as well and still is me in some ways of thinking that, you know, I'm not doing meditation the way that it should be. But what I've learned is that there is no should be when it comes to meditation, Um, which brings me to the three myths. And the first one, obviously, is there's no right way to meditate. Meditation can be something so unique and so personal. um, And it just, it doesn't have to be this whole cookie cutter thing of sitting on a cushion for an hour, not feeling anything not thinking anything. Um, the, the main thing to know is that you can meditate in whatever way feels most authentic and genuine to you. And if you just go towards it with the idea in mind of becoming familiar with, becoming familiar with yourself, becoming familiar with your thoughts, becoming familiar with your body, And knowing that it's going to change from day to day, I think that's a really great way to approach it. Um, And I think that for a lot of us, that is a scary thing because we want to be told how to do something, Uh, especially those people pleasers of us, me, (laughs) me very much included. We want to... We want to know how to do something properly because we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to fuck things up. Um, We don't want too much freedom because it's like, but then I'll probably do it wrong. I want to know the right way and I want you to tell me how to do it. So it can be scary when we're presented with the idea that it's up to us to decide what's right for us and what, what works for us. Because also a lot of the time we don't know us (laughs) we don't know who we are we don't know what we want and you know becoming aware of that is a very confronting thing um but it's also the beautiful aspect of meditation is that you don't need someone to tell you how to do it what you most need to do is to either sit yourself down or stand up or, you know, move or lay down or just do what your body tells you to do in that moment and just spend some time becoming familiar with what you need. Um, And thoughts will come up. This brings me to myth number two, that it is not about clearing your mind. It is not about not thinking uh, and it's not about reaching this state of consciousness where your thoughts aren't relevant (laughs) because actually the first thing is we need to become conscious of those thoughts we need to become aware of the shit that we're thinking every day because a lot of it is unconscious we don't realize the messages that we're giving ourselves 
from moment to moment. It's just this background chatter. Um, the thing that we, we think we're supposed to be achieving in meditation, the whole, you know, having your thoughts sort of just pass by in the background without really noticing them too much. That's kind of what we're doing throughout the day. We have all these thoughts charging through our brain. Um, and certainly we latch onto some of them, especially with anxiety, you know, we latch onto the more intrusive and alarming ones, but they're always there. Um, and they're not going to go away with meditation. And actually meditation is a great time to become more aware of those thoughts and to really notice what messages we're giving ourselves every day, what things we're telling ourselves, what um, things we're thinking are true, aren't true. Um, what are just sort of repetitive, endless loop thoughts that we're having? Because we can't really do anything about those thoughts until we are first aware of them. That's the first step. So when these thoughts come up during meditation, it's actually quite a helpful thing because we're becoming more familiar with what's in our brains. The second part of that is that it often happens that the thoughts that come up during meditation come up because they're the ones that need your attention. They're the thoughts that keep popping up again and again and again, and they pop up in thought form in your head. They also pop up in sensation form in your body. Uh, it's your body and brain and heart and soul trying to communicate something to you that you do not want to listen to. And so when you become still and when you start tuning in, that thought comes up again. It's like, finally, she's listening to me. <laughs> and then you think it and you think, fuck, I don't like that thought. Like that's such an intrusive thought. I don't want to have that thought. And that's when you feel like this meditation isn't working. But that thought is finally getting its turn to feel heard, to actually feel heard instead of feeling repressed or ignored or pushed away. And oftentimes all those thoughts want is to be heard. Um, of course, you don't have to do anything about it. And sometimes it may be very uncomfortable to think the thoughts that we think during meditation. Um, but again, we're actually thinking them every day, most moments, but we're just uh, trying really hard to push them away. And when we do become aware of that, and when we listen to that thought, that's when we can finally offer that thought some compassion, some space, some understanding. And I think you'll find that that's when that thought most simmers away. Um, and it doesn't necessarily happen during meditation. You don't notice so much that that thought just suddenly disappears into the other while you're meditating. But you'll notice it, you know, in the weeks, days, months afterwards, you'll realize that thought when it comes up isn't triggering me as much, isn't giving me such a you know, significant reaction that it used to, because it doesn't need to beg for your attention anymore. You know, you've listened, you haven't tried to push it away. So that's um, a really important myth to bust that you need to empty your mind of thoughts. You cannot empty your mind of thoughts. That's what your brain does. That's what your mind does. It thinks. And that's a great thing. The next myth with meditation is the idea that something is supposed to happen. Um, again, 
I think for a lot of us, we think that meditation is supposed to achieve something. Um, and we kind of look for it in the moment. You know, we want to go through a five or 10 minute meditation and we want to come out of it feeling better. Like kind of like when you push yourself to go to the gym and you, you know, come out of it feeling like, ah, thank fuck I went to the gym. Like I feel really good now. (laughs) I feel really energized and really great. Um, With meditation, that doesn't always happen. (laughs) You don't always come out of it feeling like, I'm so glad I did that. Actually, I take back what I just said. I always come out of it feeling grateful that I took that time for myself. But you do sometimes come out of a meditation feeling more emotional. You do sometimes come out of a meditation feeling uh, more sensitive, more heightened. I went through a very hard time a few years ago when I came off meditation. I nearly said meditation when I came off my medication and I was using meditation as a way to support myself during that time. Fuck me. That's a tongue twister (laughs) to support myself during that time. I was meditating and I found that after I meditated like an hour or so later, I would get flooded with discomfort. And I remember complaining to my sister about it and saying like, you know, all these things, these practices that I'm supposed to be doing to help me aren't helping me. They're making me feel worse. Like maybe I won't meditate tomorrow because when I did that today, it just, it, I just felt raw. You know, I felt like I was feeling too much. Um, but the thing with meditation is that, like I said, it acts as a doorway. Um, It's kind of like pulling the blindfold off and seeing what's really there. And we can be very alarmed by that sometimes because we've spent so much time trying to look the other way. And so when we finally see the things that we've been running away from, it's a lot. Um, But the caveat to that is that if we don't find time to look at the things that we don't want to see, those things are just going to keep coming back up in more creative and more alarming ways until we finally do look at them. Um, And so for sure, there can be times where when you meditate, you don't necessarily feel wonderful afterwards and you can in fact open the gateway for uh, feelings that, that feel more uncomfortable than you had when you started. And for a lot of people that can be a reason that they don't want to touch meditation. Um, but if that's you, I urge you to really rethink that and to consider the idea that maybe that's what you most need to do. Um, I know that the discomfort is the place that we don't want to go, but often that's the place that we most need to go. And the more great lengths we go to to avoid discomfort, the more the more discomfort we end up feeling, the more um, unease we feel, the more detached we feel, the the less we feel like we're playing the main role in our lives and 
instead feel like we're on the sidelines and that's when we start feeling like we're never going to get better things aren't okay for us um things are never going to change you know those kind of thoughts um but on the flip side of that sometimes you come away from meditation just feeling not much at all like just feeling like okay well I'm glad I spent that 10 minutes with myself but I don't feel enlightened I don't feel um amazing I just feel like meh you know (laughs) Uh, but that's okay. I think it's one of those things where it's like, we don't realize how much is actually changing beneath the surface. We don't realize how much, um, space we're creating inside ourselves. And we don't realize how much we're actually learning ourselves better. Um, because they're not immediate results. They're things that happen over time. And it's like one day we're at a shopping center having a panic attack and we realize that actually we're not as into the panic attack as we used to be. Like we're still experiencing the panic, but we're not uh, drowning in it, if that makes sense. And that's when we think, fuck, like maybe my meditation practice has actually been doing a lot more for me than I've realized. And if anything if, if nothing else, meditation is just a great way to just slow down and take some time to be with yourself. And that is never going to be time wasted, ever. You're never going to get to the end of your life and think, I really wish I didn't spend so much time meditating. I just don't think that's, that's going to happen. I mean... All you need to do is take a look at your screen time. You know, how you can go into your phone and um, look at your well-being controls and read how much time you're spending on your phone every day. I know for me, it's always a really horrific amount that I don't want to see. Um, but yeah, think of the mindless time you spend on your phone or on your computer and think of just taking 10 minutes from that to just sit with yourself and sit with your own thoughts. That is not going to be time missed or time wasted. And that brings me to another point, which is not necessarily a myth, but going back to the first myth that I spoke about with there being no right way to meditate. I think it's really important to remember that um, the meditation practices that work for you aren't necessarily going to be the meditation practices that work for somebody else. Uh, And that's really the magical thing about meditation is that there is so much variation that maybe you haven't realized yet. So just to give you an example, there are walking meditations, dancing meditations, breath meditations, moving meditations, journaling meditations, music meditations, drawing meditations, mindfulness meditations, yoga meditations. Uh, What else have we got? Focusing on the senses, focusing on the breath. I think I did already say that. Uh, You can meditate while eating something mindfully. You can meditate while listening to a particular piece of music. You can meditate on a certain symbol. You can let a symbol come to you during meditation. Uh, you can pretty much meditate at any time doing anything. 
(laughs) As long as you are connecting with your thoughts, connecting with your body and spending a little bit of time in stillness, either during the meditation or after the meditation, just sort of as a way of reflecting on not only what just occurred, but as a way of like processing Uh, like physically and mentally and emotionally processing what just occurred, what just happened in your body, what happened in your mind, uh, what happened in that, in that energetic space. As long as you do that, it's meditation, Uh, which, yeah, that was one thing I found out by doing my meditation teaching course was just how many different types of meditation there are. And I didn't even touch on heaps of them. Then there are so many other, that I forgot to list just now but it's just amazing when you realize that there is so many different types and if you are somebody who thinks no I cannot sit there my body hurts you know my back hurts Anthony for example my partner really struggles with back pain and he's also very fidgety and when he tries to sit and meditate he's like I just you know like my toes itch and I just my back hurts and I just like "Mm, have to move Um, (laughs) which is fine. And so for him, a moving meditation would probably be something that's more easily accessible. But in saying that, if he actually spent some time also sitting in stillness, which is the meditation that seems to irritate him the most, that might be the meditation where he finds the most transformation and the most, um, juice (laughs) if you will Uh, I've certainly found that the meditations I've been triggered by and I use the term triggered loosely because I obviously don't want you to do a meditation that really you know pushes you way out of your window of tolerance Um, but yeah the meditations that I felt resistance to and felt sticky about and thought I don't really want to do that that sounds yuck or when I've done it I've been like I'm not enjoying this this is not good Those are the ones that I need to explore further because it's in those meditations that I have the most um, profound experiences, really. Uh, Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really excited for people who haven't found themselves through meditation yet, haven't found themselves in meditation I'm excited for them to try meditation in a way that speaks to them and a way that um, feels accessible to them and for them to have that experience where you have that kind of transformational moment. And like I said, it doesn't happen with every meditation, but every now and then when you get quiet and when you get to know yourself, something happens, like something shifts where you go, wow, like, I can't believe that just happened. I, I just had the biggest, uh, you know, like download. I just, I just connected to something or I just felt something or I saw something or I heard something or just, I just had this feeling for a split second that opened my heart. And that moment is everything. So yeah, that's what I wanted to share with you about meditation and about why you should do meditation 
as part of your practice. And I, I say daily, I say weekly, I say monthly, but you know, whatever your practice looks like is fine. Like you don't have to sit down every single day and meditate. If it feels like work for you, it's not going to be something that you want to do. Um, and it's going to be something that you are already resisting before you even start. Whatever feels most comfortable for you, whatever feels most you for you, do that. Do that. Um, I have meditations available on my YouTube channel. I can also write you a custom meditation if that's something that you are looking for. Um, but really what I would just like for you to try from this episode if it speaks to you, is just to really go into a meditation practice with the intention of getting familiar with yourself, getting familiar with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your thoughts, with your discomfort, with your fear, with your anxiety, getting familiar with it all and finding you amongst all of that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, I also wanted you to know that the next episode is going to be a ripper. <laughs> a ripper of an episode. It's pre-recorded. I'm much more organized with my guest episodes than I am with my solo episodes. I don't know why. That's just what we're running with. Um, but yeah, I speak to a guest in the next episode who just... I just connected with her so deeply and I love her story and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that one. Uh, but I hope you're all doing really, really well and I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.